The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. I'm so glad you could join us today. I'm really looking forward to today's show. Um, I'm chatting with Sally J. Fox of Engaging Presence about one of my favorite things. Um, It's about finding stories in your organization. Now, you know I love everything about story, but um, one of the most untapped resources for businesses or nonprofits or any kinds of organization is the stories that are going around. So I'm really looking forward to chatting with Sally today about um, finding those stories. However, I want to say thank you first to Tanya de Jong from Creative Universe for being here last week. We had such a fun chat. Um, Tanya is, is uh, a little bit of a different guest than I often have. She's a soprano, social entrepreneur, and uh, really, we really focused on um, voice last week and also around uh, getting um, Tanya telling us her very powerful stories that she has. So if you want to learn more about how to tell a powerful story, I really suggest you listen to it. Um, it's on the on-demand library on the Story Powered page. Um, but obviously, you know, I don't want you to do that just yet because we are going to be talking to Sally in a couple minutes about uh, finding those great stories in your organization. And now, before we talk to Sally, though, we have the story of the week. So uh, this week I wanted to share a story from my own experience as a leader, and uh, hopefully there's some interesting things you can take from it. So when I was a nonprofit executive director, I used to go a-wandering. I would appear in the offices or at the desks of my staff teams and, and, uh, or of my staff and ask them how things were going. Some of them, I will admit, it drove them crazy, uh, but mostly they liked it because, you know, it's nice to have the leader come. And visit you. And most importantly, I was there to listen. What they didn't know was that I was there to listen for stories. And, um, you know, the reason they didn't know that is because then they'd be preparing. And that's not what we want. So um, what I would do is I'd ask them about the clients they'd worked with recently. What successes clients were having or what challenges they were facing. Um, and a few years ago, so I did this in all of my leadership positions, um, and, and there are many staff who live to tell the tale and, and would tell you a lot about that. Um, but a few years ago, I, I led a, an organization in a small town, and this organization was um, needing to secure its future. It, it could potentially have been in some trouble if it didn't kind of expand its offerings and become more well-known in the town. Um, the organization had a community information center, an employment center, a housing center, and a second-hand store when I joined. And then we added a volunteer center and a community ha- a community kitchen as well. 
as you can imagine, it was ripe with stories. It had had a long history. It was 30 years old. So it had stories within the organization itself and with the people we served. So when the financial downturn happened, my employment staff started telling me stories of youth who were unable to find jobs as they lacked work experience. And the entry-level jobs in the town were becoming more and more competitive. My housing staff saw an increase in the number of young people who are spending all of their money on processed and takeaway foods as they didn't know how to cook, and so they were having trouble paying their rent. And my volunteer center staff told me that young people were having trouble accessing volunteering opportunities, and they needed to do at least 40 hours of community service to graduate. That's how it is in Ontario. Um, however, they were struggling to find volunteering opportunities in, in what, we, what was a, quite a small town. And everyone in town complained about there being nothing to do for the youth in the area. So they were getting up to stuff, as young people do, uh, when they're bored, particularly on the weekends. So I put all of these stories together and created a youth-led internet cafe for the town. I easily got money from a variety of sources. They wanted to fund it. Youth volunteers ran it and were trained in customer service, cooking, and workplace skills. They got work experience, learned how to run a business, and had somewhere to hang out, especially on Friday nights, which were open mic, and just happened to be the night where the most trouble went on in town. So they were hanging out with us. The cafe became the hub for the youth in town. We helped young people get jobs and we helped them start businesses. It won the local Chamber of Commerce Award for Best New Business that year and was nominated for a People's Choice Award by a major funder. It was a highly innovative model of service delivery and social business. And it came from stories. It came from stories of gaps in service and of customer needs that were not being met. And none of this would have happened if I had not gone a wandering and a listening to the stories. If I hadn't been looking for stories and using them to generate new ideas based on what I was hearing, it wouldn't have happened. And then in addition to that, as the cafe rolled out, I then had stories to tell funders about the young people and all of the successes they were having. They found jobs. They ran businesses. They learned how to cook. There is nowhere in the world, I'm going to say, uh, that has more young people who know how to make hummus, guacamole, and salsa than in that small town. So they learned skills. So not only did it come from story, but I had story to share to get more funding. And I wanted to just share that with you because it was not about facts. It was not about numbers. It was not even about um, the clients themselves, but it was about the stories and how they weave together to demonstrate a need. And then I was able to take that and move that forward. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really about their experiences and it makes sense to people. So I've seen firsthand how powerful it is to find the stories in our organizations and use them to create innovation and to create change externally or internally. And I hope uh, that showed you it was a good example of of, um, of how to do that. And, and, you know, it's an example from the nonprofit sector and from community-based work, but it's very similar for businesses. Uh, often we're looking outside of our organizations for innovation, and it's right there. So today I'm delighted to talk to Sally J. Fox about finding those stories within your organization and that may be to create innovation but it may also be to create a culture change or just to find out what the temperature is in your organization. So Sally J. Fox is a story coach, organizational consultant, facilitator, and performer who's been coaching leaders to bring their best stories forward for more than 30 years. Through her firm, Engaging Presence, she's guided hundreds of professionals to have more impact by tapping the power of story and developing their leadership presence. 
As a master facilitator, Sally guides organizations to have the critical conversations needed to create the future and harness the power of true collaboration. She trains boards to use story to become ambassadors for their organization. In her workshops, creating a powerful strategic story and creating a compelling signature story offer organizations and individuals a way to use story to turbocharge their strategies and increase the effectiveness of their presentations and social media presence. She holds a PhD from the Fielding Graduate University and an MBA from Yale. Sally is also a faculty advisor with Get Storied and Story University, which is an online school. She lives in Vashon Island, Washington with her husband, her perky mare, Mariah, and Barry, the cat who rules. Sally, welcome to Story Powered. Thanks, Leanne. I'm so excited to be here. I'm looking forward to chatting to you about this and digging in. But first, I want to know about you. What's your story? Well, part of my story, you know, I'm, I'm a learning junkie. As you can tell, I have a bunch of academic degrees, and I love big ideas, you know, big ideas that can change the world. However, I noticed as, as I was working with organizations armed with my Ph.D. and a lot of insight into organizational change, that we were using words like empowerment and transformation and participation, breakthroughs, really great words if you understood what they meant. And I remember working with a group of senior executives, and we came up with an amazing strategy. We, it was at the time where the, the uh, concept of a BHAG, funniest word, I don't think it really worked, but it was the <laughs> big, hairy, audacious goal. Right, it would yes. really transform an organization. So here I am with the senior team. They come up with a BHAG, and they're on fire for, for probably the first time ever. And then they go out into the organization, and they start talking mm-hmm. about it. But almost instantly, it's too late because they're not connecting this great concept they have with personal stories about relevance to them and possible relevance to the people who are listening. So instead of creating a story fest, where people would hear and chew on these ideas and come up with their own stories and test interpretations and really learn how these concepts made a difference on a gut level to these executives. They launched a whole change initiative, and sadly it didn't go very far, especially with a name like BHAG. People went to town (laughs) on that one. So that gave me a tip-off that great ideas, need to be backed up with stories that can make them relevant, real, and personal. And that was really the beginning of my my seeing why stories were so important in organizations. That is such a great example. Yeah, thank you. And and then for me personally, I love speaking, I love presenting, and I was hanging out at a conference where we were talking about big ideas and I was doing a presentation as a consultant. And I said, nope, I'm not doing any more of the stand-up and tell people. I'm going to actually perform what this idea means to me. So for half an hour, 45 minutes, I performed, happened to be about polarity thinking, but I performed how this showed up in my life. And people were spellbound. And I noticed that telling a great story actually changed the nature of the whole conference. Because after that, people started talking personally, they started talking more deeply, and they started sharing at a whole different level just because I had gotten up and kind of had the courage to be vulnerable and expose my story and then give people space to expose theirs. Nice. That is, I, I can... 
I can honestly yeah, say that those are the those are the best beginnings of conferences because people do it sets the tone. It sets the tone for the day. And so I can also see how um, that experience and the other uh, BHAG experience, um, they're kind of similar, right? It's telling a story sets the tone for how things will be received and what the culture of talking about it will be. Yes, and it also announces that we want to make this real and personal so that this isn't going to be another abstract lesson that's thrust upon you. It's something that you'll have an opportunity to digest and make real for yourself. Because that's one of the things that I love about stories, and I think you and I share this, that stories don't force people. Stories invite people. And that is such a huge distinction, particularly as you're working in organizations. It's very big. And again, you know, when it comes to buy-in and engagement, and like you say, we use big words like empowerment. I'm not sure anybody really knows what that means. (laughs) And it's, uh, you know, and so again, we need to bed it down with something that connects with people. That's right. And and it's also a great way to, to do the kind of inquiry that you were talking about in your example, is to go out into your organization and instead of telling people about empowerment, gather the stories of what an empowering moment looks like to people. I mean, there you'd have a great idea of how empowerment lives in an organization, but just going out and asking the questions, the questions, tell me about a time when you felt empowered here. You would get a wealth of knowledge and you'd have a sense of, oh, here's a good direction to go in because this is how people are connecting with the concept and this is what they're really asking for. Yeah, and you know, you used a big word there, which is um, felt, and I think that that's often the thing that people are most afraid of, that uh, somehow feeling will come into the workplace, and they don't know how to deal with that the uh, overwhelm of people's feelings, um, so, because it's such a great question, tell me about a time when you felt empowered, I mean, it's going to say so much. Um, and you, yeah. you flip it in, because, you know, I work yeah. with the... Myers-Briggs personality indicator and the difference between people who like to feel and like to think. You don't want to go in with any lecturette on the importance of feeling, even though I have made that mistake. You know, you just open a question like, what does empowerment feel like to you? Or what is empowerment, tell me a time when you saw empowerment happening in the organization. Anything that sort of flips people into story mode without some big announcement that's likely to scare them. Yeah, and I've used that. It's a I've used um, that exercise. Actually, I did it on one of these shows, I think. Um, and when we talk about employee engagement, and so we use the word engagement. And so uh, one of the exercises that I do is I get people to kind of go back to a time when they felt really engaged and felt in flow, and um, and then come back. And you know, I'll say something like. So when we talk about employee engagement, we're saying that work should feel like this. How how many of you feel it does for you? And they start laughing. Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's it's scary to ask the questions because you might get the answers, and you might get answers that you're not you're not sure what to do with. That's right. And so I in in thinking about our interview today, I was thinking, wow. Yeah, we, We've all talked about how important story listening is, and I know that that is a theme that's been going through a number of your shows. It's so critical that we're not just storytellers, we're, we're story listeners. And in an organizational setting, I think it has to go even deeper than that. 
mm-hmm. because to really elicit the stories and to bring them out, you need safety. You need to know that your stories are going to be listened to and they're going to be honored and you're going to be safe. And the whole context really needs to be about learning. So I say that the story listening organization really needs to be a story learning organization where people are are welcoming the stories in whatever form they show up. Nice. I love that. I love that. A story learning organization. And, you know, and again, you know, this is it's such a it's a it's a bit of a um a, a tricky situation because stories are so powerful and that's where you're going to get the good stuff like you say if you're willing to go deep especially as a leader and particularly if you're looking at culture or change change management anything like that um have to go where the story like it's it's really important to to um figure out how you're going to listen deeply as an organization. So I love that. However, like you say, you take it to the next level and it's about story learning. Wow. Well, that translates it into something different, which is about this is a journey together, which I really love. I love that that perspective, Sally. And as a leader, you're also setting the stage. I, I think some people get scared about story, and rightly so in organizations, because they can equate story with whining. Mm-hmm. And we all know the person who comes down the hall in the morning with her coffee cup wanting to tell you a story which is either irrelevant to work or maybe a complaint about work. And people just throw up their defenses and go, no, I don't want it. No, I see her coming. I don't even want to talk to her. Yeah. So if you go in and, and start talking about story out of context without setting a really affirming, positive business-oriented, yet personal um, context, then, then, people don't, then people's fears about stories may come up. I think the leaders can do a lot by setting a positive foundation, asking the questions that come from affirming a positive future, and, and guiding the tone of the storytelling at the same time not blocking things that come up that may be less than... Um, less than positive or, or not what they thought they wanted to hear. Well, and that's the thing, again, I don't, I might be naive. Uh, I was a leader for quite a long time, but I never really worried about negative stories coming up. I'd rather, I'm kind of the kind of person I'd rather see it so that I can deal with it. And um, I kind of believe in, that's kind of what I, you know, when I was choosing my story of the week this week, I decided to choose one that that demonstrated how story can benefit the organization um, rather than how it benefited me, but it did benefit me in terms of, like, if I'm the if I'm the captain steering a ship, then I need to be able to pay attention to what's on the radar. And I think that those stories, as we're talking about, um, are on the radar, right? Like, I mean, that's how you get on the radar of what's going well in your organization and what isn't. Oh, absolutely. And and you never want to make people feel like they have to suppress those stories because those stories right. have a lot of data just like you found. I mean, the, those stories can be completely transformative as you take the experience of what's not fitting your values and what's not working or what's missing, and then you um, cre- create something out of that that's really positive. But I think the stage setting that a leader can do is mm-hmm. to really indicate to people that we're not staying in a place of complaint. Yeah. We're really listening deeply because we're all committed to the organization because we're committed to each other and because we want change. 
And yeah. so with that, that solid foundation of values and that positive spirit, you can hear things that are difficult and know at the same time you're not going to stay stuck in them because you're with people who are really committed to making a difference. Nice. Thank you, Sally. And you know what? We're at our first break already, but that's a really great thought to uh, to finish this segment with. We're going to come when we come back. We're going to talk more about uh, about those stories and the kinds of stories that we can be looking for in our organizations and why it's important to bring them out. So, um, so we're going to just take a quick break. I'm Leanne Pico, and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want more story, you can sign up for my monthly story blast at VeryGoodStories.com. Like, I would would love to connect with you and we'll be back in just a minute when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network activate and grow your storytelling superpower with leanne pico of very good stories stories inspire Stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What is the Serve Hour? Well, to start, it's a different kind of listening experience. It's one that involves you. Host Jim Blackburn and his engaging guests in some very provocative and opinion-shaping conversations you'll hear and be invited to participate in that will challenge traditional beliefs about management and today's workplace. Also, these conversations will help you look at yourself and your work differently. Make it your business to tune into Voice America Business for The Serve Hour, live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. It will shake you awake. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey, welcome back to Story Powered with me, your host, Leanne Pico. So today I'm chatting with Sally Fox of Engaging Presence. That's uh, Sally's business, but she's also a, um, a faculty advisor for Get Storied uh, Story University. So you can find her there too. But um, I was just chatting with Sally in the break about her history and and, and, and around um, some of the stuff she's interested in because I love the term story learning. And so... Sally was just talking about, you know, the idea of learning organizations. And so for those of you who are leaders who are hearing the term learning organization and you've tried it and didn't like it, there's a new new way of doing business <laughs> and it's about story. So I'm uh, just really excited to think about that. And I think that um, in order for us to learn from the stories and to listen to them, I think it's important for us to know what kinds of stories are in organizations. So, Sally, did you want to just tell us a little bit what kinds of stories are there? Like, there, there's all sorts of levels in an organization. Oh, so, absolutely. What, I mean, there's stories, as you have said frequently, there's stories in every corner of the organization. 
and stories that you can use to build your organizational culture, to make a change, as well as stories that you can use to build your brand and market or recruit new customers. So, okay, let's go through those. So you've got three there. So um, <laughs> well, hey, first, let's a little let's, more detail. Let's talk about the stories that are sort of internal to the organization first. Yeah. Because sometimes in talking about, there's a lot of conversation about branding, but I'll, I'll start with those that are about building the heart of the organization. So those are stories about um, who are we and asking people to, to tell a story about what's, you know, what, what has really inspired them to be in the organization, what they found out to be great about the organization, a defining moment in the organization, stories that really elicit the, the, the real values in an organization. Because we can all come in, and as a consultant, I've done exercises around identifying values. And so often they come in with a, a list of values that sound like values that everybody would hold. You know, we, we want to value honesty and openness and, and um, customer service or whatever, whatever the list of values is. When you put it in a story framework, though, of how do these show up and what's an example of really listening to a customer, What's an example of really being transparent in an organization? Then you find out how these values live. And that is so critical because, you know, you've worked for so many years in organizations. You know the difference between the things that people say the organization is supposed to be, kind of like (laughs) above the line, and the stuff below the line, which is how the culture really is. So somebody coming into an organization needs to hear those stories of identity, those defining moments, those purpose stories, as well as stories about the founders or the, the folks who made a substantial contribution to the organization, left their mark on the organization, are part of the heritage of the organization. All of those build a true sense of culture that a new employee or even an employee who's been around for a while can really come into where they can feel like, yes, these values are real in this organization, and I know what our organization really stands for. Nice. So okay, that's so a, that's, that's a, yeah. And then you can go on and you can ask other stories, which you can ask stories about the future that's not quite there yet, and you can create scenario stories, stories about how you want it to be, stories about if we were completely living our values, what would it look like? If we were going to be the foremost organization in our field, what would we be doing? And, and again, you're not leaving it as, as just one-line statements. You're going into it and asking people to feel it, to become storytellers who can make it come alive, give it some detail, give it some life, give it some heart, give it something that people can truly be excited about. Like, how is this future going to be different from us? Yeah, so nice, those are two nice. ways. Um, two kinds of stories that are so important in an organization. Stories that okay. help define the culture and stories that help bring out the future. 
Nice. So, okay, so I want to ask you about, uh, let's start with the culture. So um, I totally understand, you know, finding the inspirational stories and finding the the good stuff and how the values are living it out. How do you deal with, and um, one of my previous guests called them anti-stories. So you may be, like as a leader, I might be, so I, I'll go back to my example, which is the um, organization that I went into. And, uh, you know, there's a long history of stories of, of how organ- the organization operated, about leaders, about all sorts of stuff. So so you have an organization and whether or not you're change management or whether you're, you're a leader just trying to get to grips with, with what's happening in your organization, do you just focus on the positive stories or do you f- also, like we said earlier, um, bring out the other stories? But if you do that how do you then bring it back to the positive? Like, I, I'm wondering if there's a process there to take the organization through. You know, do you just focus on the good stuff or do you, do you need to spend some time in the, in the challenging stuff too? I think it's really helpful to have a framework going into collecting those kinds of stories. And, and one that I use that has been really helpful to me is to think about polarities. And, and by that I mean that in every organization there are tensions between values that actually go together even though they might sound like they're opposing. It, for example, in every organization you need to pay attention to individuals. And yet in every organization things happen in teams. So do you focus on teams or do you focus on individuals? Well, clearly the answer is you've got to do both. And so sometimes when we come in with a change program, like we are announcing that everything is going to be team-oriented and we're going to do all of our work, we're going to give all our awards to teams, we're not recognizing individuals, there will be people in the organization that represent that other end of the spectrum, the values individuals. And what you may hear from them could sound like complaint. And if you listen deeply into your story, you'll also hear, wow, they're saying it in a negative way, and they're kind of complaining, but they're telling me something about the heart of what they value. And is there something in that value that I need to listen to, too? Oh, I love it. I love it, Sally. Because we do often dismiss and say, oh, they're just complaining again. That's Um, right. That's Which is, right. and, you know, it's not yeah. always the way. It's not always the case. And sometimes people, and this is the way I listen, you know, if I'm facilitating a retreat or working with a board, I listen because sometimes there'll be one person, and sometimes that person has like a difficult personality, so it might be difficult to listen to her yes. or him. But they're kind of the canary in the mind. They're the one who's willing to speak up about something that's being ignored in the organization or a value that is intended. So with a story context, Leanne, and this is the part that's so great, you don't have to agree with them. You just honor that place where the story about their values matters as well. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's how we respond to how it's put forward, too. Um, Often I've seen, and I've done it, too. You know, it's hard, especially as a change manager with a big vision. It's kind of like, I know how this is going to be better. And so it's hard to listen sometimes because you're, 
barreling ahead and you want to to make things happen. But I'm just thinking about in responding to those folks with stories of, and they may be personal things, like you say, in terms of a value difference, in terms of how we're organizing the organization, or they may also be historical. Like there may be things that have happened in the past and have not been properly dealt with or whatever. So I'm wondering about how do you respond as, as a leader and as an organization to people you know, first of all, listening deeply, I love that concept. So you're, you're getting past the personality, you're getting past the the kind of the your reaction, which is, oh, complaining again. So then how do you respond to enable that person to feel validated for sharing? Well, I think that's where the deep listening comes. And I, sometimes I think it's just as simple as having a space where silence is honored Mm-hmm. where people have time to share, giving it, um, it, making it clear that there's safety to listen to the stories, even those historical stories that may still be difficult. And you have some kind of process where you create a container of safety mm-hmm. to allow those stories to, become, to come out, to be honored, and to be safe. And I can tell you the, the thing that you have to do as a leader is to really watch yourself because the moment you start judging or cutting someone off for telling that old story again, you're going to start affecting the space. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what I think time, is, yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I think that's absolutely right because we, we um, sometimes we, like you say, we don't deeply listen. We, we say, yep, I'm listening. And then we get the reaction and kind of like, yep, you're wrong. No, I disagree. I don't think so. And, you know, that's a moment of power. And that's the one thing I think leaders forget is they have power. And so in an instant, they can shut people up. Um, and maybe that's what we want sometimes. But it's not, but you have it's to be not so helpful. Careful. Yeah, because yeah. that's where I saw people who were talking about the learning organization yeah. back some years ago. When they would cut somebody off and dismiss somebody or, or attack somebody in a meeting, that sent a message that was so much louder than any concept about the learning organization because people would start telling that story. Absolutely. And that's why being transparent and consistent with your values and, and open to inquiry is so important because you, even if you flub it sometime, if you, if you flub it in a context of always trying to learn, being transparent, um, learning from your own mistakes, people can forgive it. But if you cut them off at the knees in a meeting, that's right. And then uh, th- those stories will go out into the hall really fast. Well, and I'll, and I also I always talk about it. You can affect people, but when you do that, you infect. Right. And so then you're cre- like you say, those stories go right out and say, yeah, they say they want to listen, they're not going to. I mean, it happens so often, and and often that's the thing you're challenging. You know, even if you are a, a good deep listener as a leader. We have to understand there's been previous folks in charge who may have done that, who may have cut people off. Exactly. So so I think it's a great point. And I love the kind of containment. You have the con- safe container of story and sharing it and enabling people to um, tell the, the stories that they have of the organization, what's happening. And then I'm going to suggest, and I'm going to get you to, to see if you agree with me or not. Then if you have really listened and said, I've learned, thank you. There's a point where you can say, and now we're going to move forward. 
Exactly. And that's the difference between a business story and, and a storytelling um, in an organizational sense and maybe stories by the campfire, which are wonderful. Yeah. Stories by the campfire, you don't have to do anything or, or go anywhere. But in an organization, it exists for a purpose. It has a yeah. mission. It needs to make money or provide service. So at some point, people want to know that the time that they've invested in story sharing links to forwarding the mission. And so yeah. you set up a process, and that's where the, the story learning organization is the one that takes the richness of the stories, digests them, and then moves on so that you're really creating something out of that, creating a new future, tuning up your, your direction, adjusting a program, whatever it takes. People want to know, did this make a difference? Because if all you're doing is sharing... Sometimes there's a, there's a time for that if it's a context of healing. But for the most part, people want to know, ah, our stories made a difference because now something can That's happen. Right. Yeah. And so then we pull into the other uh, story base that you talked about earlier, which is future story, because, you know, again, I've seen organizations or, and leaders, um, you know, helpfully listen to um, what's gone on and, and then they fail to introduce the future story. And then, so then nobody, like, and we're such story, we're, as humans, we're so attached to story. We need something. We need some story of why we're at work, what the organization is doing, often beyond money. We need to know why we're there beyond money because, you know, that gets us through um, the the crappy times. Um, So like you say, what is the mission? And then, so then creating a, and having a future story that people can buy into that they've contributed to is really crucial, right? Absolutely, because, you know, in the end, we, I've, I've done so much training over the years about the difference between leaders and managers, and it's not always a fine divide, but the one piece of leadership that is so critical is that leaders provide faith in the future. Leaders cultivate hope, and mm. you can do that so well with story, not necessarily just the story you create, but sometimes the stories that you pull forward from others, and that's what people listen for. They listen for Show me a story that gives me hope that I matter. Show me a story that gives me a sense that our organization is going somewhere, that the future, even if it's rocky right now, is going to turn around and be positive. Help, help me have faith. That's what people listen for. And I think as a leader, we always have to remember that our stories are a powerful way of, of giving people hope for the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think that um, the other piece of that is that, um, you know, it's what we were talking about earlier, which is about buy-in, because uh, sometimes we, as leaders, may have a vision, but we're not, like, going back, right back to what you were talking about before, which is the big, hairy, audacious goal. It sounds like a cool, trendy new idea, but who cares, Right. Like it doesn't. It, how is that relevant to me as a staff member and to the story that I'm telling people about why I continue to come in here every day? Right. So it, it's it's so then, you know, you can craft a big story. And like, you know, that was such a good example of what happens where you have that awesome idea and that really cool way of moving forward. But nobody gets it and nobody cares. <laughs> and so then. And then the leaders feel disjointed, right? Like the, the leaders feel dis, not just disjointed, but upset because they're like, ah, did you see this cool thing? And none of you want to be part of it. You're all complaining all the time, right? Like you can see how a cycle gets created. Right. 
And there's a third kind of story that I didn't mention, but I think it's, it's one that um, is really life-affirming, and that is customer stories. Yes. Because in every organization, the front line is so important. And the front line is where there are, there's just a wealth of stories about how customers are using the product, how customers are being served, um, the transformation that, that's seen in customers. I mean, I worked for many years in a university setting where we would see miracles of transformation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'd be forgotten about in the in the stresses of the budget process and then, or the, all the organizational planning. Yet those stories were really the heart of what kept us going as faculty in the university. Absolutely, completely those, agree, Sally. Yeah, so listen, we're going to come back. We're going to. Um, I'd like to actually focus on that when we come back. We need to take a quick break now, but I think that there's a, a really big conversation to be had there because I agree that we often forget about those folks, and then you know we spend a lot of time gazing at our navels, uh, wondering about the world. So, um, so I wanted to, um, you're listening to uh, Story Powered with Leanne Pico and my guest Sally Fox, and I wanted to let you know that Sally has an offer for you. Um, Sally, what was that offer? Well, if anyone uh, would like to look at how the story idea can apply to you as a professional as you're creating your life, I mean, there's stories that you tell about what you've done already. But then there's this big story about how you're creating yourself as a professional as you're walking forward. And that's what I call your emerging story. And I feel like everybody can be a hero in their own emerging story. And that's the book I wrote. And it's available to anyone who wants to go to my website, www.engagingpresence.com. Wonderful. Thank you. So go and have a look there and get your story. It's uh, no matter what stage you are in your life, there's always some emerging to be done. So um, we'll be back in just a sec. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money. Until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money. Featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. 
If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, and I am chatting with Sally Fox of Engaging Presence today. And, um... As usual, I could talk all day to Sally because she's got so many great thoughts about story and about um, one of the things that I think is is uh, very crucial for our move forward as as a society is is about changing the nature of the culture in our businesses. And um, you know, we talk a lot about, uh, as Sally mentioned earlier, learning organizations, and um, we we come up with these things that kind of are they're great ideas, but again, as we were saying earlier, it's the it's the implementation of them that that sometimes um, goes a little awry, and so then we develop some cynicism and we develop some, um, you know wonderment as to whether these things really matter, whether they really work. But one of the things, and we finished our conversation just before the break, and I want to continue about it, one of the things that doesn't change is how our customers experience our service or business. And that is always a source of great story and incredible learning. So, Sally, I wanted to bring us back to um, our previous conversation about customers and why is it important to find their stories and hear their stories? Well, their stories are really at the heart of it, how we present ourselves to the world. Because, you know, what we say, it, it doesn't matter as much as how our customers experience us. So the stories about how we're really making a difference to our customers, those stories are like gold. And a lot of times we let that gold just, you know, lay by the wayside in our organizations because we don't have a way to systematically collect it. Like, yeah. like in a university, because I, I know university world pretty well, um, you, have, you have a fundraising department, and that, they're over on the side somewhere. And you have a marketing and recruitment department, and they're a little closer in, but they're also over on the side. And then you have the whole world of faculty. And you could translate that into any kind of organizational structure. Well, the heart of the work is happening with the faculty and the students and the staff. And they have the stories, but they're kind of far away from the fundraising office. So instead of having fundraising coming in and once a year trying to get faculty to give them a good story that they can then put in the local newsletter or the quarterly magazine or whatever it is, having a systematic process that where you are giving people opportunities to share stories regularly and making it really easy for people to do that so that you, you develop this living history bank of great stories that people can dip into when they want to for marketing or for, for fundraising. But it's, it's not just that. It, it's also a repository of, of what's coolest about your, your organization's history and what they're doing. Yeah, I completely agree. And then the other part of that is... Um, you know, beyond and going back to what we were talking about before is it's it's uh, sometimes easy to collect the good stories. It's harder to hear the the not so great stories. And so for me, the other piece is around evaluation. And, um, you know, we we rely on customer surveys. And um, I think that's great. You know, it's nice to know that 80% of the people who ate in my restaurant were satisfied with the service. That that's a good number. However, if I have some stories from customers about how they were served, if I have a little bit more, it enables me to understand, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, 
whether the values are being lived out, what customer service, where it is going well, um, and or, you know, that 20%, 80% might be satisfied, but 20% weren't. So, you know, like what was going on that they weren't happy? And again, surveys don't get that information, but stories do. And so that's the other part. So we have, Mm -hmm. you know, as you said, the... You know, it's that piece around, yeah, and it's finding out what they're, what people are saying, because otherwise, what's the point of our existence if it isn't to serve our customers? (laughs) Well, I I read a great story about a hospital, and and I I love this method. I would love to do it sometime. Hospitals had gathered 20 patients together in a forum where they were sitting like around in a circle sharing the stories of their experience with the hospital system. And all around them were hospital staff, doctors, nurses, staff, whose only job was to listen to the stories. And it was apparently an amazing experience because people, there's something that comes alive when you hear a story first person singular, like what was that experience really like? And to give the patients the mic, in a sense, to be able to describe in their own words their experience was the most amazing teaching tool for the docs, nurses, and staff at this particular hospital. I yep. think that could be an amazing methodology. Well, and it, it actually is because I, I actually had a job doing that a number of years ago, enabling youth to um, share their stories with uh, child and mental child and adolescent mental health services and it was challenging you know to get psychiatrists to listen to young people who you know were seen as you know really you know they were either suicidal or self-harming that's what they were doing there so it was a big challenge however when they did hear them it was incredible to watch and again the young people were not praising they were talking about their challenges And so, again, like for me, whether it's business, whether it's me as a restaurant owner or whether it's me as a psychiatrist or a nurse standing in that room, there's much for me to learn about from the customer experience in order to make my business better. And like you say, as well, then to share with others what we're doing well. Exactly. So it serves an internal purpose because you can improve the organization. And then it serves an external purpose because the stories of what's working for your customers or, or their own heroic journey. You know, I know often in storytelling we'll talk about the hero's journey, and the hero is your customer. So yeah. learning how it was for them, not, not just the I came here and it was great experience, but here's how it started out for me, here's the world that I was inhabiting, here's how this organization helped me at pivotal times, here's the challenge that I felt, and here are the bumps in the road, and here is where I'm standing as a result of all this. That's your hero's journey for a customer, and that can be so gripping. It is, and and guess what? I'm telling it to others. (laughs) You know, customers are already sharing that story. Right. So it's a shame when businesses and organizations and nonprofits don't tap into the reality that stories are being shared. Maybe you might want to know what they are. Right. And and as someone working in organizations, you can you can design that into your work. Like I yes. work with boards and part of my role has been to come in and help a board, you know, I'll facilitate a retreat. But as part of the retreat, I'm helping the board members become ambassadors for their organization. 
because a lot of times boards are a little bit divorced from the work. Mm -hmm. So as boards hear the story about what's really happening and then can connect it to their own story and sense of purpose and what got them excited about a particular organization, you have a formula that's just golden because those board members can go out into the community and share from the heart about their own experience of transformation as a result of being on the board because of what they've seen and because of what it means to them. Now, that is a great way to raise money because it's so real and so personal. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, and we haven't really used the word yet, but it's it's true and, and I'm, I'm, you know, it's a big word in nonprofit land where I spent many years, but also in the, in the world of hospitals, universities. And now I'm really hearing it a lot more in businesses, which is impact. And um, I saw a quote the other day, which was, um, you know, just so telling, which is, if you're not having an Im- impact, then basically nobody's going to remember you were there. So it's it's kind of interesting to think organizationally that those customer stories are where we find our impact. And, and again, going back to what you said earlier, it's for the employees to feel like they're doing something great. It's for the business to share their successes. Um, but if you're not making a change for somebody else, whether you're a business, an entrepreneur, a nonprofit, or a public service, then what is the point of your existence? And so I find it interesting that we don't spend more time um, finding out what our impact is and and how our customers' lives have changed so that we know that we're on course for for delivering the very thing that we, we set up to deliver. I am totally with you, and I'm. I also love that word impact. It was. It was part of. Um, when I chose the the name for my business, Engaging Presence, it, mm-hmm. it was with the idea that I, ideas are good. Your message could be great, but if you don't have impact, it won't yes. make a difference. No. And and that's where I think leaders can go one step further because the stories that they're going to get from customers and from staff. Are, can be incredible teaching stories, and they're likely to be a little bit raw. I mean, they're not, not designed to be polished stories. Right, no, absolutely. So, so there's one more place to go if you are a leader and you want to be able to present your stories publicly, if you want to be speaking for a large group or anticipating doing a TED Talk. That, then there's the whole craft of taking a story and working it and bringing it even more to life. So as you know, because you've done this, there's, there's an art of bringing that story forward. And I think that's, that's kind of like the last piece that can really help take these beautiful gems of raw stories and work them so that they shine, so that they can really be delivered at the podium or in a meeting or in a fundraising pitch. Um, and that takes a little work because I think story crafting is a piece that we don't always talk about, but there, there's an art to it, as you know. There is. And I love how you've kind of completed the circle. So we've essentially created a circle here, which is starting with employees, talking to customers, listening, deep listening, creating a, a safe space for people to share their stories, whether they're employees or customers, I would say. Um, you know, generally, that's not um, the leader or the, the server saying, what do you think of me? Uh, it's, it's, it's like you said earlier, it's a, a creating a structure and then enabling people to move on and move forward with a big vision story. And then, like you just said, um, 
bringing forward the stories that people have, either customers, employees, or, or as leaders, and crafting them so that we can share them in a way that engages others and, and shows our impact. So um, I think that's, that's great, Sally. I think it's a, a cool circle. It, it really is. Yeah. And it's, um, one of my frustrations has always been about, you know, it's not just about storytelling and, and it's not a one-way piece. So, um, so I think you've beautifully helped us kind of complete the circle of, of what it means to be story-powered, which is story at all levels of an organization. Yes, fabulous, and, and for leaders to realize that they can always work on their own signature story. There's yes. still that place of who they are as leaders. We haven't talked oh, about sure. that piece so much, but no. that's a piece of what I do is help bring out the power in that wonderful, unique, golden story that every professional carries within yes. that helps make sense of what they're doing. Well, and it, and it, it is a, a big piece because it is uh, the story that determines whether people want to stay on the bus. <laughs> so yes. It's huge. Right. It's huge. Right, right. So, well, thank you, Sally. We're in, the, we're in the last minute now. So I wanted to say thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And um, just to remind everybody that Sally has uh, generously offered uh, access to her ebook. And what's the name again, Sally? And tell us where we can get it. Well, the ebook is called Lead With Your Legend. And it's about crafting your emerging story to live the life you want. And it's available at my website, www.engagingpresence.com. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you again, Sally. It was a pleasure Thank to talk you, to Leanne. you. Thank you, Leanne. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so please tune in to next week's show when I'll be speaking with Helen Kuyper of 24-7 Storytelling. Helen's been here a couple times. Always love talking to her. Um, But we're going to be talking about finding stories outside of your organization and outside of yourself. So we'll be talking about current events in the news. Also, don't forget to sign up for my weekly story blast at verygoodstories.com. Story coaching tips, resources, and a story from me. Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for joining me, Liam Pico, and Story Powered. I'll see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level. We'll be right back.